Um, I'm on number two. No, last here. week was 16. All right. No, no, it was 17. I'm looking at the files. Uh, can I, I'm going to look at the Spotify. Oh, we're recording. Uh, yeah. No, this is not what I want. Let me bring Caitlin back up so that we can see Caitlin. Boom. Hey. Hey. Hello. Okay. By way of NYC. We're all here. We're all here. We're we're not all queer. But, we're all uh, after two tequilas, though. Yeah. Go ahead and pour pour another one because we're gonna have to like sip on this one and taste it, uh, and review it. But Ooh, let's pull that out. I can't move too much. Let's fucking do it. We podding. That's right. Here we go, people. Hello, everybody. My name is Shibby. My name is Rooster. And this is After Two Tequila Shots. The podcast where we take two tequila shots and then talk about current events. It is unfiltered. Flavortown. <laughs> Uncensored. Just nah, unregulated by the government. Unpredictable. But, but always <laughs> distilled. Let's go, people. JR is understanding my struggle right now because that's how I'd be when Chibi be like, all right, pour another one. I'm like, I got, yeah, you got to maneuver in the workspace to <laughs> there get There are wires, shots. there are boom stands, yeah. there are microphones, there are, we are already halfway through this bottle. Uh, but that's because that, there's four of us. There's four of us. So let's just, uh, let's just dive right into it. Hello, everybody. My name is Chibi. I am a poet, performer, producer, pu- publisher, and community organizer. And happy Juneteenth to all the white people that have no idea why they have today off. Yeah, they're learning, though. They're learning. They learn. We don't give it to it. Uh, my name is Rooster. I'm a podcaster here with Gemini's, so I'm happy to be here. Uh, recently, just getting over sickness, man. I was I was down. Look, all of us in Central Texas are dying yeah, right now. The we allergies are dying. Were nuts. It's so real. Like I've been I've been at it for like I think I'm on week three. My husband just started last week. You started last week, uh-huh. and it's just like snot and congestion and cough, and we're we're dying. But it's not COVID. Uh, we we all took tests. It's definitely Central Texas allergens. So yeah, but glad to be here. Yeah. Also on the pod, uh, educator extraordinaire, person of interest. Introduce yourself. Um, my name is J.R. Estrada. Again, writer, poet, uh, public school educator, and uh, Chibi's favorite dog sitter. That's true. That's true. Cookie's favorite dog Cookie's sitter. Favorite if dog we're sitter. being honest, yeah. if we're being honest, yeah. Cookie. Every time Jr. walks through the door, it's like I'm getting food. I love <laughs> you. Also on the pod, joining via us satellite. Uh, yeah, via satellite, we have our New York correspondent, our senior Broadway correspondent. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Love. Hello, my name is Caitlin Kahn. I am an actor, writer, director, artist in New York City, um, born and raised Texan. So that's fun. But yeah. There we go. There we go. Joining us from not the Central Texas allergen, the only one that doesn't have a stuffy sinus right now. Like the three of us are oh, dying. I just got over one though, like uh-huh. a couple weeks ago. Well, because you all so. were just surviving the whole like apocalypse of doom coming from Canada, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it was a fun day. Yeah. I, saw, um, I saw a doll's house that day, which was really funny. Like walking outside. It's like living in a sepia filter. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It was. And like, my roommate's Canadian, and she was like, "This is nothing." And then. <laughs> And it wow. got like orange and she's like okay this is like resembling what it is for the Canadian like <laughs> and it, 
it really was a what in the Mad Max Fury Road is going on right now. Like this is this is so fucking wild to me how intense that was. Caitlin is our senior Broadway correspondent, which will make sense <laughs> later in the pod. Uh, and Jr. is here as our senior Mexican correspondent. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, to to give us all things Mexican. So uh, let's dive into this these tequilas. Uh, speaking of Mexican, really quick, and then uh, and then we're just gonna go because we have a lot to talk about, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, Caitlin, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Espolón. Oh, hey. a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah, we rock for yes. that. How do, you, how do you feel about it? I like it. It's like a good like shot um, tequila, I feel, and it's like on the cheaper side. Yeah, true. So I'm a fan. I would definitely throw this out there to anyone listening. Like if someone's like, let's just do a shot of tequila and people are like, let's do Patron. Save yourself like $12 and just do Espolón because it's just as good and so much cheaper. Yeah. You bring yeah. Espolón to a party, they think you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like with tequila. It's good tequila. It's very good. And it's affordable. Yeah. Uh, what are we drinking, Rooster? You We're, brought this. I did bring this. This is Familia Camarena Tequila Reposado. Um, how do y'all feel about it? It's got it's got a, a, a flavor forwardness to it mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm not mad at. You know, I, I get like honey. I get the sweetness. The sweetness is very bold in this one, but it's got a bite that lingers. Definitely that last minute ether feeling at mm-hmm. the end where you're like, oh yeah, this is definitely alcohol, and too yeah. much of this is gonna ruin my uh, Monday. Is it something to pay attention to that it goes down easier on the second shot? I think so. I think for me it was the third shot. The second shot was kind of like, oh, you're doing this again? <laughs> well, we did it pretty quickly. Normally, like, we, we wait a good, like, five to ten minutes between the first two shots. This and was college rally. Yeah, I think we took two shots of tequila within, like, three minutes of each other. Yeah. So. Uh, $29. Oh, we ain't mad at that. That's a, right? that's a good price for right? this bottle. Yeah, for, yeah. for a public school salary, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I was, that was like the cherry on top that I was just leaving until we kind of got our thoughts out. Because, yeah, no, I was like, okay, cool, cool. It's not bad. I don't know if this would replace, like, I, I go back to, like, my trusted and true, like, Jose Cuervo Tradicional. I don't know if this would replace that in my arsenal of, like, just the tequila you keep in stock at all times. I would say if you have a whole, like, cadre you know what i mean of different tequilas on 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 display at all time ain't nothing wrong with having this nah. this on the shelf with others and it's a cute bottle it's a very cute bottle You're i like kidding. that it says jalisco mexico mm-hmm. on it. that somehow gives a cred but that <laughs> is it a number Google is it a number but it is this is bottle number thirteen thousand eight hundred and fifty eight <laughs> we'll definitely tag familia camarena on this because going to their website you, i think they may have like just started last week like, they seem very brand new to the whole tequila game. Oh, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's only 13,000 bottles at this point. They so. got like 12 followers on Facebook. Oh, bless their hearts. I guess. 12,001. You know yeah. who doesn't have 12,000? You know who has way more than 12,000 followers, 1,200 followers? Who's that? Eva Longoria. Yeah. Oh, Wait, we're going into that first? Right into it. Isn't that major news? I don't know. No. Major news. No, that's not major news. <laughs> we'll get there. Let's get to the Tonys first. Let's crack the Tonys. Okay. Well, well, what? We're going somewhere, people. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> on this bus trip that we gotta hit. <laughs> hey, hey, we had 
two tequila shots and now we're talking stuff about it so much like the tonys this podcast is unscripted that's what's <laughs> that's what's about to happen i don't know where we're going uh but okay let's start with the tonys uh let's start with the tonys this was going to be part of ao get at us slash going down in the dms oh i thought this was going to be a part about someone's going to talk about what the other person knows nothing about no see i know nothing there are there are overlapping themes into all all of these things there's layers to this shit layers um all i know is because, who won the tony you know who musical? won the tony i know i do I, actually. I know nothing kimberly kimberly akimbo there we go yeah. okay these are names spoiler alert this was gonna be this was <laughs> this was gonna be going down in the dms because like this was with caitlin dm'd being like you have to talk about the tonys and then it was like fuck i haven't seen them all right let me go look let me go watch them <laughs> i did my mom like called me and was like the tonys are on are you watching and i'm like i don't have cable <laughs> no <laughs> but uh, they are available on paramount plus paramount plus paramount plus yes for anyone that didn't watch the tonys um i watched the tonys from a living room it was great. I was having an off day, and I was like, I need to disconnect from everything and just go watch the Tonys. Caitlin watched the Tonys from the Tonys. She was in the Flex. theater. So, um... I was very lucky. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin, first of all, how'd you get there? And then, first thoughts, first reactions on the Tonys. Okay, so I have a friend who works for the Broadway League mm -hmm. who invited another friend of mine and she, they were going to take their roommate with them, but their roommate's boyfriend was coming into town and their like long distance was a very big deal. Mm. And so I got invited instead. Mm. And I was essentially a seat filler, which if you don't know what a seat filler does. I know what that is from Seinfeld. There you go. Kramer so you're always that. like just making the audience as full as possible on camera, especially when um nominees go and perform and they're like out of their seats for a while. Or if they win something, then they're backstage for a while doing like on like backstage interviews or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I got very lucky. I had a seat the whole um, the whole ceremony. You were definitely in the background of some shots. It was like, there's Caitlin, way way over yonder. We see we see Caitlin standing. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really incredible. Um, so as we all know, the writer strike is currently happening, mm -hmm. right? And so for award shows, if you didn't know are written by writers. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, there is a script that is usually followed. And um, they opened the Tonys by showing the script for the Tonys, and it was just blank pages. And then Ariana... They just freestyled that shit? Ariana DeBose, right? I'm pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Who I think is Broadway's sweetheart right now. Like, is... I don't think that's contested. You're not hearing any contests from me. You know who Ariana DeBose She's is? She's a West Side Story. She played Anita. Yeah, she played Anita in the movie. That's what people are saying in the street. That's right. Rooster doesn't watch musicals. Roosters hate, Rooster hates musicals. She's an incredible dancer. Yes. And it was so, like, that, that opening, opening number. number was like, yeah. It was nice to see her, like, show off that talent instead of just, like, Host. Yeah, and so I don't, know. I don't think she's a good host. I no, well, she didn't have a script, so that was the thing. Like, she goes up and she's like, "So the writer strike is happening, and so we met with the Writers Guild of America, and we came to a compromise for tonight's show. And that compromise is there is no script. There was no teleprompters. The only teleprompters that were there gave you a countdown if your like speech was going too long, and then said, "Please wrap up once did it was that, time." Did that make it better or worse, Caitlin? Better. I just think like whenever um, presenters have to do some like wit and banter, it usually just like doesn't 
it's not usually funny. And so literally like every one of the presenters just introduced themselves, said what category they're presenting and then the nominees are. And it just like gave the performances a lot more time, which yeah. I always like was my favorite part of watching the Tonys. And it just flowed a lot better. Yeah. I liked it a lot more this year. So I think this just proved that when actors don't have a script, they don't know what to do with themselves because literally everybody that went up, it was like, hi, my name is Matthew Broderick. This is New York. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know and what there to were do moments, with my hands. And, there was, and we're here to present best Featured actress in a musical. I was. Oh, and the nominees are. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's just like, oh, I'm supposed to say something here. Yeah, I don't for know. The countdown to happen, and <laughs> yeah. it's not happening. Yeah, it was very interesting, but I do agree that it felt like like this just centered the performances more than anything, the performances and the awards rather than all the filler that normally goes into it. And yeah, Ariana Debose was just like, I have notes written on my arm. I don't know what they say, so yeah. That's on with the show. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. Any um, major standouts or winners or surprises of the evening? Sweeney Todd not winning Best Revival. Wow. Really? But, uh, yeah. So I was lucky. I saw all of the revival musicals. I saw Kimberly Akimbo and I saw like a handful of uh, like plays. I didn't see what won. Um, I didn't see the Best Play winner, mm -hmm. which is Leopold Schott. But um I was surprised that Sweeney Todd didn't win. When I got to see it, I thought it was one of the best things that I'd seen that year. The ensemble, like the choreography that they the chose. Choreography the choreography for the ensemble, the yes. Because we got yes. to see the opening and number at the Tonys, and it was wow. Chill. It was wow. No, chills. So good. And they won lighting, which I thought was good. <laughs> their lighting and their sound was like so good. The way they... The way they staged, uh, spoiler alert, um, Mrs. Lovett's death scene um, <laughs> was just like so like shockingly scary. And of course, like if you're like a fan of the musical, you know what happens. But there was like a seven year old or like a, a kid sitting behind me that just started bursting into tears. Oh, wow. Wow. My favorite thing about this conversation is watching the two cis heteros on the couch that have absolutely <laughs> no idea what we're saying right I'm trying now. trying to think back to the Johnny Depp movie that I like uh -huh. went for a friend's birthday. So if you don't know, uh, the revival stars um, Helena Bonham Carter, Josh. Joshua Depp? What, what, what are, Josh Groban. 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 Oh, that guy. oh no yeah, shit. Yeah, as Sweeney Todd. Oh. The Johnny Depp character. I mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. That's how I feel a little bit. I don't know. Did you saw, like... So, I think, like, with that role specifically, he sounded really, really good, but I don't think he should sound really, really good for that role. Yeah. I thought his acting was pretty decent, but, like, there was, like, some, like, grit missing yeah. from his performance. Yeah. He's too clean. Like, yeah, he's pretty Yeah, the pretty standout spotless. performances was the ensemble. Um, it was Annalie Ashford as Mrs. Lovett. Yes. And, um, Remind me who won, Kaylin, for Best Revival? Parade. Oh, that's right. That's right. No. But don't. it was justified. I didn't. I haven't seen it on Broadway yet. I'm going to try to go because they're closing pretty soon. But I got to see it at City Center, which um, City Center does like concert kind of like staged concerts okay. of musicals and so like into the woods is an example that started there for like only a week and had like a super successful sold out run and then they transferred it to broadway and then the same thing happened for parade okay 
My stand, so a couple of standout moments. So Danae Benton came out to present Educator of the Year kind oh. of award, you know, to the educator in the room uh, for, for... For like just theater teachers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. The Tonys like give a, an oh, award to a theater teacher sure. uh, every year. And the winner was from um, Plantation, Florida. Plantation, Florida. That's a name. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Danae Benton goes out, comes out and says, you know, like... So our winner this year comes from a city, which I'm sure the Grand Wizard, I'm sorry, Governor of Florida no. will soon change. Oh, I did hear about that Straight part. up no. called Ron DeSantis the Grand Wizard. And I was like, yeah. you go, Danae Benton. Like, just do he, that shit. He doesn't have the distinguished look for a wizard, though. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely low level in the clan. <laughs> and then the other things that were uh, noteworthy were Alex Newell and Jay Harrison Gee became the first openly non-binary uh, winners of a Tony. Gang gang. Which okay. I'm curious, as the cis heteros on the couch, uh, the idea of actor category and actress category, because sure. we have two cis heteros on the couch and we have two gender fluid people on the not couch. And so the idea of having this actor and actress category and what that does as we move forward in a society, mm. um, acknowledging that there are people that don't live on these two sides of the binary, because both of them were nominated in the actor category because they are both you know assigned male at birth hmm. but live as non-binary individuals so thoughts says heteros so on the couch. they won which one they won lead Act actor uh -huh. and featured actor which is supporting right. actor in oscar terms got it yes. um, in, a musical, yeah. in a musical yes shout out to them <laughs> i mean acting is acting at the end of the day that's that's really the first thing that comes to mind Fair. acting is acting um, Should they I've, do away with the two different actor and actress categories and I mean, just have like the one? Here's the problem with that. Yes. And it's only because I feel like if we did go away with it, fucking Meryl Streep would have more Oscars and, <laughs> and, and I'm all for that. Right. Um, I think the, the, the problem is, is though in the division though, especially when you're talking about like women of color specifically mm. and how hard it is for them to even like get recognized a lot of times, you would probably even have less of that mm. if you just condensed like a a gender non-specific category and just made it actor like you either have to like open the field more to include more like potentials which then that also sort of like hurts the vote and mm. complicates that yeah. and i don't know Chibi's yeah i always up. think of like so i did uil one act play in high school yeah and after I graduated, they they went they took away the like best actor and best actress because like when you do competition, they'll give like honorable mention, um, all star cast, best actor, best actress, and they changed it to best performer and they mm. picked two winners. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why don't you can just try it out for a year? Like I just think like something that's like a step in progress mm. is always better than just like not doing anything about it. One thousand percent. I I like exactly what you're saying. To JR's point a little bit, I think the thing that's going to suck potentially is when like every year it's still like Timothy Chalamet and <laughs> Al Pacino or you know what I mean? Like it's okay. like, and then again, you know, and you're just like, well, fuck, like mm. it's Denzel again. It's this person right. again. And you're like, well, shit. So it's interesting you bring that up because the other part that stood out to me was uh, the category was best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. Because at the Tonys, they differentiate mm. awards between plays and musicals. Yeah. And the category, the nominees were for black man and a white man. Mm. 
The white dude one. The white dude one. Was the white dude good though? So okay, um, the the uh, I don't know by Caitlyn's look. I'm gonna say the white dude. Wendell was Pierce. Not it. Oh, yeah. I love Wendell Pierce. Wendell Pierce. How is Wendell Pierce the only guy I know in this whole conversation? Wait, no, no, you're gonna know more because oh, there were really? there were a lot. I it's was like, surprised. So Caitlyn, I was surprised by the number of like Hollywood actors that were nominated for their like theatrical. Like Samuel L. Jackson was nominated. Um, so there's yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jessica Chastain mm. was. Did she win? No, she didn't win. No, she didn't. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so Wendell Pierce for Death of a Salesman. And I remember he came out publicly because there was like, not like a controversy, but at one of the shows, there was someone who was making a ruckus in the audience. Sure. And he actually like kind of stopped performance a little bit to like yell at the guy and be like, bro, I'm literally living my dream here. If you don't like this, like I will give you my money right now to like satisfy you and get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was like, yeah, Wendell. And yeah. shit. And then went back to just like crushing it. So you're saying Wendell didn't win? No, and and I think that was part of it too because like it's a black man playing the lead yeah. in Death of a Salesman, right? Like, okay, white supremacy, like fuck off. So Wendell Pierce, hmm. uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen. I fucks with Yahya. That's the Candyman right yeah, there. Yeah, in uh, Susan Laurie Park's Top Dog <laughs> Underdog, which did win. Uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson in between Riverside and Crazy. I don't know that. That was my pick. Okay. That was, uh, but I saw it. That's why I think like, I think that the two for Top Dog, they kind of had like the same kind of weight. I I read this play like a long time ago in college and it's, it's their first, like, I think it's Susie Lauren Park's first Tony ever. Mm -hmm. And she's like a huge renowned playwright and works for works at the public like a huge renowned playwright in the industry and um when they called sean hayes wait, i was like wait. Huh? <laughs> yeah so then Corey hawkins also nominated for Sounds the same familiar. play it's a it's a two-person play and so they were both nominated mm-hmm. and then sean hayes for goodnight oscar and then sean hayes of um willing grace fame oh okay 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 mm. But like at the end of the day, like every award ceremony is just about making money. And that's why like Broadway's biggest, like that's why they really negotiated with the WGA because they, that's the way they get tourists to come and see musicals and like pay money. Cause of course, like they still haven't like made their money back from the pandemic loss and like yeah. all this kind of stuff. So that's why they were like really freaking out. I think that's the tone. I think that's the funniest thing about the Tonys where it's like it's a nationally broadcast event for something that only pertains to Broadway in New York. Like you can't access this unless you go to New York and get. get, Yeah. Because like movies. Not even off Broadway. No. It can't even be off Broadway. Touring companies. Nothing of that. No. Wow. They they did like a speech. I don't know if it was Michael Arden or if it it was someone in their speech, but they were talking about how like the Tonys are important for like people. Like they were kind of talking about like the elitism of just like people usually can't afford a ticket to Broadway unless you're an old white man. A little bit. An old white person in general. And um, they were talking about how... um, you know, you're going to watch the Tonys and you're going to watch this musical win and it maybe is going to encourage you to get a touring ticket um, mm-hmm. to a place, even though if you can't afford to come to New York, if it's coming near your city and yeah. all this stuff and how, like, we need to keep theater alive because it is dying, unfortunately. Yeah. Is, is Broadway still far. sketchy as a street, Caitlin? The, I, I haven't <laughs> been to Broadway in years. Like, yeah, I think I was like eight years ago. 
And I, I was surprised to realize I was on Broadway because it was sketchy as shit. It was like... <laughs> You're talking about like Times Square. <laughs> no, no. It, or like right off of it, right? Or like it's like around the... I don't know. It was something like that. And I just remember it was very steamy for some reason. There was a, just all of Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, I was just surprised. I was like... And then I saw like Phantom of the Opera. I was like, oh, this is what they were talking about? That's crazy. Yeah. That's so just all of Manhattan. Way, yeah, well, the way they like... They like make the way Broadway theaters are Broadway theaters is by seat count, not location. Mm, so loophole. I think like the cutoff for off Broadway is like 99. And I think the Broadway might be like 700. But do not quote me on that. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah. So but again, that goes to show how like even the touring companies, like if actors are performing in a touring company, you're not getting nominated for a Tony. You have to be on the Broadway yeah. production. So if you're like selling out like the Tobin Center, uh-huh. it don't mean shit. It, uh, it doesn't matter. You know, like it's just a step towards Broadway. And it's one of those things where like you have to be in New York in a Broadway production. <laughs> Which I goes to show like how it. hard it is to get a Tony because like so many different things have to align to get you into the right place. How exclusive it is. Yeah, to get ex- you exactly. A Tony. Exclusive versus something like an Emmy or a Golden Globe or that is like, you know, like, sure, you were in a production of in, in a Hulu original. Right. Well, or let, me whatever. Say, let me ask this question. And, and, and Kaylin, maybe you can answer this for me because I'm ignorant in your theatrical background and, and you as well, Chibi. Like, how frequent is it to where you just see, like, bevy of talent, bevy of, in, in terms of, like, actors, actresses, in terms of directors, in terms of writers that, like, will never get to that level, but at the same time are brilliant, remarkable, and should all and should be getting the, that same? Because, let me kind of, maybe I should have started this way. Like, the NBA makes sense. Because, like, yes, there are players on the street level who are, like, the bomb or in, like, college and shit. But, like, you get in the league because you're in the fucking league and, like, you're not stopping Kevin Durant. Uh But, like, at the same... And I'm wondering if when you were saying, like, you work your way up towards the Broadway of it all, what I'm wondering is, is it just the a a club that you, like, are luck in to get... Like, not to say talent's not there, but that it's like, okay, you're fortunate enough to get in there and there's still way more people outside the game or nah Caitlin take this one (laughs) (laughs) Um, as someone who's trying to break into the industry Uh um, it's like it's like you need to be at the right place at the right time it's not necessarily Mm. like a measure of talent I just I remember like at least like film and TV and like you know Broadway too like I'm watching people on stage and you have this unfortunately in the back of your mind like oh I'm better than this person. Why am I not on this stage? Mm-hmm. And of course, it's because like they have an agent and like, it, it's not like, discrediting, like anyone's talent or anything, but it's so much about networking and like making connections yeah. and it's not sustainable. Like you can be on Broadway and your show can close in a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you won't get work for like a year. I, so. I, I literally had this thought because it's like, you know, my performance of Hedwig and the Angry Inch and Laredo ain't going to do shit to get me anywhere. Right. But if I had a good agent, maybe, I don't know. But one does not have an agent. And, you know, like, how how does that move us? And then, like, now living in San Antonio, like, it is very much like Caitlin said. Like, you just have to be in the right place at the right time. Somebody has to see you. And then somebody has to do something to put you into where you need to be to be Mm. seen by somebody else, to be seen by somebody else, to eventually get you in front of whoever you need to get in front of to get 
a Broadway audition. Pardon, pardon this take, though, if, if, if it's not well-informed, but I'm thinking about it in the way, like, if we're... I, I just feel like that's the nature of the beast, because if we stretch it out to shows or movies... We, you were just talking about this last week that mm. you have to be in certain cities to get into those movies. Mm. You have to be to be filmed in the show, and if you're not in around there, you're not getting on a show. Sure. You're not getting on a movie. But the difference <clears throat> is here. There is one city that you have yeah. to be in versus, which is why Caitlin, native Texan, lives in New York. Yeah. Versus, you know, like something like movies, like you can make a movie in, in any city. or Chicago. Or, or bumfuck I mean, Oklahoma. Atlanta now. Yeah. Like Atlanta's, Atlanta's popping. Yeah. And then you get into film right. festivals and blah, blah, blah. Like okay. your film goes somewhere, but you don't necessarily need to and be And music there, right? is even more wide open. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so like this is definitely. And poetry, no one even cares. Nobody <laughs> gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. It doesn't fucking matter. Either way, I will say the Tonys were highly enjoyable to watch. The performances were absolutely fucking incredible. Leah Michelle finally lived out her dream of singing Don't Rain on My Parade and at the Tonys. And there was no script, so it was no problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but like my favorite like piece of revenge is that she will never be nominated for that role. No. She's not an OPD. Yep. I love it. There I'm, go. I am a Leah Michelle hater. Wow. You heard Me. it. Her. You you heard it here. Caitlin, uh, does Leah Michelle know how to read? <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh so that's that's our wrap up on the Tonys that happened last Sunday. Um if you didn't catch them, they are available on Paramount Plus. I one hundred percent encourage you to just, you know, fast forward and watch the uh, performances because they're all really, really good and super enjoyable. Um, let's transition out of this and to the real I, shit. I got the real shit. Oh, you got the real shit. Let's go, Caitlin. You can stay on for this one. <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah. All right. This where, isn't where the Tonys, but goddamn it, it's real things happening in the water. Out. Oh, All right. Okay, so <laughs> we are at war. Apparently, well, not us because I think we we are landlocked. <laughs> We're landlocked and we side. With the orca whales on this. That's yeah. right. But oh. according to Dive Magazine, <laughs> since 2020, there, three boats have been sunk and more than 250 uh, yachts are getting damaged by orcas. This month alone, there have been 20 incidents of orca attacks on yachts. Uh, how do we bridge the friendship with our orca <laughs> brethren? Uh, what do we do? How do we feel? Do we hate the rich enough that we say, hey, fuck your yachts? If you're out there on the uh, the Strait of Gibraltar, you get what you get. The ocean is not to play with. I, I think this is a really great example of how um, we are not the dominant species in mm. certain circles. Especially on water. Yeah. We yeah. got too comfortable on water. Yeah. And also... Th the intelligence of other life forms we have under um I'll drink to that yeah we've we've definitely underplayed how intelligent they are because this is a prime example um there's they're seeing this in a couple of other my husband was telling me something about birds and ants and how birds are teaching each other behavior this was an example of one orca teaching the rest of the orcas this is how you fight back did you hear? It might be a little of a tangent, but I'll bring it back. I promise. Okay. Did you hear today that a submersive, they call it a submersive, oh, that apparently does tours this. around yeah. the Titanic got lost. They don't know where it's at. Lost? Yeah. They don't lost. know how many people were on it. They don't know nothing. And I am. I do not think. You're blaming orcas? I'm 
Ooh. I'm not blaming orcas. You just said that. Uh, okay. <laughs> just saying the ocean might be fighting back. We don't know. I'm, How comfortable are you on the ocean, Caitlin? Oh, I love the ocean, but like we don't like that's just a terrain that like we don't know everything about. And I like this is also a little tangent, but I'm a really big fan of Ardman Animation, aka the people who did Wilson Gromit, Chicken Run. And I recently saw a um, Greenpeace ad that they did with these like turtles. And it was so depressing because, you know, like they showed like little things of like the oil. Like, you just have to look it up. You can just search like Ardman Turtles and like Olivia Coleman is one of the voice actors. And of course. she's my favorite person ever. But um, yeah, I just think like flying planes and taking your yacht out every weekend is like not it's not helping the environment. And as a person who witnessed the New York um, incident, <laughs> stop blaming Canada, it's global warming. Yeah, yeah it's climate change. I mean, yeah. we are known as the blue planet, right? Not the people planet, not the green planet, mm -hmm. the blue planet. We're like, what, 78% water? Or I mean, a lot. And as, as, yeah. and as climate change continues to happen, we, we become water. more and more water. Okay, and so, I mean, us in this family are fully convinced that octopuses are alien species sure. that are just spying on us, right? Like, they are not of this planet. They came here. They were like, hmm, this is interesting. I think we can rule the underworld. Yeah. And just stayed in the water. Like, it is uh, – I'm here for the orcas. We stand the orcas. I'm team orcas. Hashtag free willy. Do you think – I, and, I, and this is actually like a real question. Because, <laughs> I mean, we do agree ev with everything that we've been saying thus far. But here's my one thing is if it gets to a point of danger where people can't just go through that terrain anymore. Right. Kind of like certain African safaris. Like you can't go through because the rhinos or the hippos will fuck you well, up. Well, don't go through. No, it's no, no, theirs. That's what I was going to say. But it's the Strait of Gibraltar. Like one of the most famous, the straight of all straights. <laughs> I think I see what you're saying because in land, what's happening is people and animals are starting to compete for territory. Straight because up. Because deforestation. Pollution. Pollution. And now I cannot imagine that in the water's not happening. That the same thing isn't happening. Mm -hmm. Waters are getting warmer. Orcas don't like to be in, I actually don't know. Maybe they don't like to be in warmer water, they waters. Don't. They don't. So now they're competing for territory with the yachts. Uh -huh. And they're like, fuck out of here. We right. were here first. And, yeah. if and actually, was, uh, we are the natural inhabitants of this place. It, you have a boat. We and are so. Look at yeah. me take your boat down. We cannot gentrify the ocean. Yeah. So are the orcas, you know, like Greenpeace of the ocean? I'm just glad there's an animal out there. And I'm really glad it is the orca that's just, you know, taking the stand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Orcas I'm, I'm here for and, and orcas though like if we're being real real orcas are motherfuckers yeah. they're absolute motherfuckers they will play volleyball with a seal before they eat it yeah <laughs> it's it's intense um but we stand the orcas so um hashtag long live orcas we're with it and uh take your fucking yacht somewhere else hashtag yeah. team keiko yeah, that's yeah. right keiko that's okay. right where are we going from here rooster after that you know what we're, we were gonna do the arkansas uh Supreme Court, but no, I think we're going to pass on that. I think, let's go into One of Us Doesn't Know What We're Talking About, okay? I'm with it. Okay, here we go. So this is a two-parter. Okay, this might be a three-parter, if, if we're being honest. Well, I mean, technically the whole Tony's was of one like part of it. 100%, because two, two of y'all had no idea what we were talking about. Did you watch the NBA Finals, JR? 
No. Right, let's let's start with the NBA. So finals. then one of us doesn't know what, or four of us don't know. Only one of us yeah. knows what Three we're talking us. about here. So the know. Denver Nuggets won. The Denver? Yeah, the NBA but, Finals. Shout out to them. The first championship of their franchise. In, yes, in ever. 30 plus. In ever. In ever. In ever. So shout yeah. out to the Denver Nuggets. Do you, do you like the state of Denver, Caitlin? That Denver yeah. is not a yeah, state. I know, I know. You know what I mean. I have a lot of friends that are from like Denver and Durango and and Boulder. Pueblo. So, yeah. Shout out to Pueblo. Mm, wait, 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 wait. Let me throw this at you. Yeah. Speaking of Denver, do the words Wyndham Clark mean anything to you? Uh, nothing. Okay. So you finish and then I will go. So yeah. I know something you don't. So Denver Nuggets won. <laughs> it was a gentleman's sweep, meaning they won in five games instead of four. Okay. Uh, and we're very happy for them. We're very uh, unfortunate for Miami. We love their team. They were they were some good players uh-huh. on that team. Shout uh-huh. out to Jimmy Buckets. Okay. Uh, but it just didn't work out their way. And you know what else? What? The the Las Vegas Worshipers. Uh, yeah. Uh, won the Stanley the Cup. Knights. The Golden, Golden Knights. Knights. Golden Knights. You know, yeah. I think that's my through line. Okay. Because the owner of the Nuggets owns them both. Owns them both and owns my English Premier League soccer team. Well, that's Arsenal. right. Arsenal. Arsenal. Yes. Which means they're probably going to win the they, World Cup. They, they, came, they came in second in the league this year. And it's a game of who ends up with most points at the end of the league. Uh-huh. They came in second this year. So next year is our year. Okay. That's it. Next that's the through line is the owner because yeah. he knows who to hire. Right. I'm so surprised at the, no- at the amount of knowledge that I have for this conversation. Caitlin, are you more into uh, hockey, soccer, or basketball? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Ted Lasso. Oh, hey. <laughs> I just saw yeah, the finale last watching... night. I'm sorry? <laughs> I just saw the finale last night. It was really good. Yeah. I thought, like, no, I'm not, I won't go into Ted Lasso, but, like, every time <laughs> I'm watching, like, a game of Ted Lasso, I'm, like, watching football. Uh, like, I am, like, watching a game. So I, I would say soccer i do i do love watching the world cup i do enjoy it i love i like like even here do you love watching it or do you love the energy i i love surrounding yes okay and and watching it and having it on uh like even here like when it's just like me and my husband like we'll put the world cup on mm-hmm. i'll put the world cup on like in the background on espn mm-hmm. or something or like find it on uh, honestly find it on the mexican channel right. if we're being honest you know like or european channels like any within mm-hmm. except american channels so you know I, 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 no latin america all day yeah, but yeah, yeah, like no, for sure. And just to have it, just and then like just America channels are just the banter that's happening all behind it. So like to go on the Denver thing, and also a first of champions, Wyndham Clark, Wyndham Clark of Denver, Colorado, lives there. Won the golf U.S. Open hey. yesterday. Okay. okay, that's right. Why? Because it was Father's Day, and I went to visit my father. And what did we do? Watch the U.S. Open together. There you <laughs> that's go. the only reason I know. This is his first title ever. Fowler was predicted to win. Ricky w- Fowler. I know Ricky Fowler. I don't know. Is that his first? Yeah. Name? Okay. Cool. Because my father too watches. There the you golf. go. <laughs> so I know some of these. Shout out to all the fathers. Yeah. Uh, and was predicted to win and was like in the lead for like the first like day and a half and then just started to fumble, fumble, fumble. And Wyndham Clark climbed to the top 
And it was like this big thing because apparently like his mom was like a uh, a golfer hmm. and like a really good golfer. And then she died of breast cancer a few Shit. years ago. And so like he's like he, he was introduced to golf through her. Hmm. And like this was him like coming up and like, Shout you know, like his first win. And it was super emotional. And apparently he has the same putter as somebody else. And it was like this big thing where it's like, yeah, he got the same putter now. You know, like I don't know. It was a thing. It was it meant something. You didn't know what it meant, but you know it was meaningful. Look, and he was the last one to close it. Everybody else had already like like put it their last ball, and mm. he was like the last one. And like they like gang rushed the green. You saw like the crowd of people just like running towards the green. Like security was like, no, stay back, stay back. And there he was like, okay, gotta get this, gotta get this. Because if he had missed that and gotten a over. bogey, he would have tied for uh, first, and, and they would have had to go shootout. into it. Yeah. yeah, but no, he got it. He Definitely landed him. it by one. What was his by name? One. Wyndham. Shout Wyndham. Out. That's a Clark. white ass name. <laughs> Real white. It's Real Clark. What we're talking white. about. I mean, yeah, but shout out to Wyndham Clark. <laughs> on the other side of one of us doesn't know what we're talking about. Drag race. Yeah. Let Update. Caitlin. Speaking of places where the environment matters, because like, yeah, I've never watched <laughs> yeah. it, but if I'm in this house, it is live. The energy is infectious. I love it. Drag, are you up to date with All Stars? Uh, um, duh. Okay. Okay. First of all, I have to preface this by saying this season of All Stars sucks. I'm sorry. I'm throwing it out there. It's not, not it. good. It's not it. Well, after and like after going off of like the All Winners one, like yeah, you didn't. I didn't expect it to be like amazing. It's not good. But in this episode, remember Heidi? Uh, Heidi was is, gonna leave the, the left, left the building. building. Yeah. Somebody else. Kahana Montrese was like, I'm Bounce. out. I'm out. Wow. And RuPaul Charles was like, you bitches are fucking up my TV show. Mm. And straight up came into the workroom and was like, y'all need to come together. Come together. Fuck your feelings. Do my show, essentially. And everyone's like, oh, okay. I guess we're going to do the show. And, um, you know, it was it was entertaining. I, I, was, I was entertained by... They did a... Um, Help me out, Caitlin. How do you describe the they challenge? It was an improv challenge, and it was kind of like a forensic, like, like it was like forensic files, and it was called What Had Happened to Murder Little Pound Cake. Yes, Murder Mystery. Murder mm. Mystery murder Forensic. Mystery, yes. And uh, Kahana uh, ended up going home. No surprise. Ah, uh, I rolled with Kahana. I know, but like we talked about last week on no, the pod, yeah, she's great at me. dancing and sucks at everything else. Damn. And she sucked. The Vegas showgirl. Yeah. Wow. One to Kahana. One challenge that could have like done those attributes. Mm. Who won? I don't even remember. It was that underwhelming. Someone. Oh, so it's it over. It was, oh, it was Lollary. Shout out to Lollary. So it's over. No, 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 no. Oh, won just that won that episode. episode. Um, yeah, it's been a little underwhelming. We'll be real. Sorry, All Stars. It's just not quite doing it. it's not good cast it's not all starring enough no so that's your update on drag race it was fine kahana god it, the, the whole thing was mamaru being like bitches get your shit together because you're ruining my tv show yeah. uh so that's that uh where are we going from here did you ever play video games aka from the 90s 2000s aka twisted metal Yes, you I played fucking that? love Twisted Metal. Did you know there's a series coming out? No, like a yeah, TV series? A TV series on Fuck Peacock. Fuck yeah. So that now you know. that. So yeah, so no longer one of us does not know what the other I love about. Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal 2, I think, was the best one. Cool, cool. Yeah. Do you know about Twisted Metal? No. Do you know about Twisted Metal, Caitlin? It was totally a, fine. No. 
It was a PlayStation game in which you like you chose a car and a character, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of like Super Monster Smash Trucks, kind of like well, and, and Monster Trucks put together. Monster Trucks and Super Smash Brothers come together. So you're oh. in a car, and your main goal is to destroy the other cars. Oh. Yeah. And it has like zero plot, zero anything. Like, I mean, there are plots like the, ca- the characters yeah. have backstories and like who they are and, and how they came a to like TV series. Yeah, it? oh, it's just po- post-apocalyptic world. Cars going nuts. I'm Madden. so yeah. here for this. Um, and then in it uh, is Anthony Mackie. Yeah, dig him. The Falcon. The Falcon, ah, uh, as well you. as Stephanie Beatrice. Who's producing this? Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, is that right? Brooklyn Nine Nine fame. I dig her. Uh, this is on Peacock. Okay. Oh. And then Samoa oh. Joe playing. Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, I have some doubts. Well, because it's like all three of us. Jr. made a noise. No, I made a face. Caitlin made a face. We're I, like, oh, Peacock's producing. I make that noise because uh, recently Pinto said that because we used to love going to the Dollar Theater. Yeah. And she started saying like, I feel like Peacock has become our Dollar Theater. Oh, oh. I think that's fair. I think that deserves a sound effect. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cocaine, not, cocaine Bear is on Peacock. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not cocaine. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> cocaine Bear forever. Another animal tearing shit up because still, we encroached. Still haven't, still haven't seen it. Yeah. It's I, I don't think I'm going to see it. <laughs> Just get really drunk or high and then watch it. Yeah. It's like that. That's, that's what it's for. That's, yeah, that's what I, I watched it sober. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And All then, right. um, yeah, that's about good. Yeah. All right. So, I guess we, we transitioning into... Ayo, get at us. Even though we were already there at the top of the show. Kind of. So, we're coming back. <laughs> Bringing it. and Because I think the evil conversation is going to be the conversation. It is. That's why I thought we were no, starting you, with the evil you conversation. Gotta, we got to air the rest of this All shit right. out All first. All right, y'all. Stick around because we're talking about Evo. But not yet. We're coming back. We... Stand the Writers Guild of America, and that's why we have no script today. Let's go. At all. All right, what are we talking about? So this comes from the homie Pinto, and it was just thoughts on Kid Rock's No Snowflake Summer Tour. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I was like, the the biggest snowflake of the moment is having a No Snowflake Summer Tour. She prides herself on how much she listens to the radio still. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, me, I, I get in the car and I put on Spotify. I haven't listened to terrestrial radio in, like, 12 no. years. She, I she, have satellite radio she, she because puts on that's KJ the life I live. And that's her life. Kono and then, 101, man. That was my shit. Yeah. <laughs> we, we go, we're going to this get-together of her uh, coding friends. And then the ad comes on, that like Kid Rock, his No Snowflake Summer Tour. Wow. And uh, well, I asked her, what like, if they bring this up, what do you want them to know? And she says, like, just how fucking ridiculous it is. Because, and, and I think it's ridiculous because I feel like the right and the left, we're in a space where we think we know what pisses the other one off. Mm. Like, we know exactly. But it's not really it. Like, I'm, I mean, like, I hear Kid Rock is doing a snow, no Snowflakes summer tour. I wasn't going to go anyway. Yeah. Well, here's my... Yeah. (laughs) It's like, damn it. I'm not invited to the Kid Rock concert. (laughs) I'm a snowflake. I can't be at the... Oh, he's going to do his hits? Oh, damn. But again, this to me feels like 
Kid Rock being the biggest snowflake of it all, being like, I'm so pissed off by rainbow colored Budweiser. Well, hang on. I got a breakdown. I got a breakdown. Because okay. because Pinto's whole thing was like, what are your thoughts on the tour? I, so I was like, we got to con- concentrate this a little bit. So first question, and Caitlin, this goes out to you too. Did you at any time ever rock with the kids' music? I don't know who Kid Rock is. Wow. But I'm also like 23. No, no. That's a totally valid <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. So Kid Rock to 100%, you, do you know who Ted Nugent is? <laughs> no, no, because this is important. Do you know? No, no. Because no. I have a feeling that Kid Rock is the Ted Nugent of the new oh. generation. And see, that's where. And do you know that's Ted loaded. Nugent? Yeah, that's but a loaded, it's a loaded thing. But it's the, I think that's what he's aiming for. And I think that was my okay. So initial question: Did you ever rock with Kid Rock? One song. Which one? The Sweet Home Alabama song. No, no. Yeah, really? I was gonna say Photograph with Cheryl no. Crow. You did you ever hear Photograph by Cheryl, him and Cheryl Crow? I took. Oh no, I took your picture today. It's one of my favorite things. Do us do a karaoke. I can't look at you while I'm lying next to that dirty asshole that I just paid $20 for a blowjob yeah. for. See, I, I think I didn't get into the Kent Rock train because no, at some point you, you figure it. out Why did you do that? that okay. you bring up Kent Rock and you get clowned for liking Kent Rock. No. 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 Because like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. No. Growing up. Growing yeah, up. See, talk that the, shit. Okay. Growing this up what, in yeah. like the early 2000s, mm-hmm. Kid Rock was up there with Rage Against the Machine as anti-establishment. Yeah. Okay. You know? Okay. Okay. Kid with the bar. The bang, the bang, diggy, diggy. Yes. That, I mean, and it's this weird space where it's like, um, I don't, like, I don't, like, let me try and put it in like Gen Z terms. It would be <laughs> as if... Who fuck who Paramore? You you like Paramore, right? That's not. Yeah. That's not Gen Z. No, Doja Cat would be a better. Who? Doja Cat would be a okay. Better. Doja Cat is a great example. Yes. Doja Cat. So imagine if Doja Cat came out like who? Doja Cat's kind of weird. So imagine if just stayed on brand. And in like 10, 20 years, just started really fucking with like fascist, a Donald Trump type. Mm. That's what it was with Kid Rock. And you'd be like, damn, I used to kind of bang some Doja Cat songs. The thing is, we already talked about this on this pod, like uh, in one of the early episodes when the Budweiser thing was a big thing. Like Kid Rock was the face of anti-establishment white folk Mm -hmm. of the early 2000s because that's who was anti-establishment, right? It was like the remnants of Gen X... And millennials feeling that and being like, well, how are we going to do it? Kid Rock, Papa Roach, Suburban Limp kids. Biscuit. Yes, mm-hmm. super, suburban white kids being like, fuck the system. Everything's against me. Blah, 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 my blah, blah, blah. My dad's a lawyer and I hate my yeah. life. Now, anti-establishment is people of color and queer people. And like white mm-hmm. anti-establishments are like, well... What about me? I never actually got what I was fighting for. You know, I still feel left out of the system. Now yeah. fucking queer people are taking over everything and straight white men don't matter anymore. It's like you never did. <laughs> that All that to say, I totally fucked with Kid Rock's music in the early 2000s. And I'm really sad. It was sad. hard not to. Yeah. Because yeah. it was good. And it was like of the moment. Yeah. And like, um, I don't know. It was, it was good music at the time. Uh, s- second question. Uh, for the field, how much does Bud Light have to pay you to drink it and endorse it? They cannot. You can never drink, not Bud drink Bud Light. Bud Light no. Wow. No, no. I'll drink a Bud Light. How I much have... they got to pay? I ain't mad at it. Like Bud Light's Bud Light. See, but I, so you just you're just cool on the Bud Light. If 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 it's what's available, 
Well, you don't drink beer like that. I've no, seen, I really I, you'd don't. You'd be in a room full of beer and just be like, I'm good. I'll just stay sober tonight. It's one of those things where like, <laughs> I have to be in the mood for a beer. And usually if I am in the mood for a beer, it's going to be like a Dos Equis or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, a Corona. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, um, no. Something so, fresh. So Bud Light could pay you. No, if Bud Light was the only beer in the room, I will not. No, I'm not saying. Drink. I'm not drinking. I'm driving home. Caitlin, how much does Bud Light have to pay you to endorse it and drink it on the regular? I don't think I've ever had a Bud Light, but it was something my dad definitely drank a lot. Hmm. Um, also, I just, that company's very, like, performative, especially during Pride, so Talk I just about probably it. wouldn't. Yeah. But if they paid me $100,000, I might do an ad for them. The reason why I ask how much Bud Light has to pay you is because Bud Light is paying uh, Dylan Mulvaney, trans activist and Instagram influencer, to be a brand ambassador for Bud Light. She's also getting like so much like hate online. So I hope she's getting paid a substantial amount in compensation. I think that's an interesting question, too. Like, how much money is enough if you know you're going to get that kind of abuse that she's getting right now, how much money is enough to sign up for it? Yeah. Um, On top well, of having because to it's really, It is really sad how much, because all she's doing is, what was she doing? Some TikTok videos yeah, to kind of push some, it. And the back I'm sure there's huge. death threats in her DMs, uh -huh. which I don't know that there's enough money for me to sign Kim? up for something that's going to get me a death threat. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a big deal for, like, the trans community with, like, a huge brand like this. But, like, if we go back in time when all of the stupid, like, drag ban laws were going mm -hmm. into place, like, Bud Light didn't say anything about that. Mm -hmm. Target didn't say anything about that. Like, it just goes that, like, the movement of pride has become, like, and unfortunately, like, I do take part in it. It's just become, like, a huge, like, capitalist cesspool. Mm-hmm. And it's like losing like what it's losing its value and it's meeting, unfortunately. Yeah. So I um, I hope that uh, the FBI gets a <laughs> list of everyone that attends Kid Rock Snowflake tour because they are on a watch list for white supremacy. Yeah, probably. that's that's basically it. You know, yeah. how can we gather all the white supremacy? What if what if Kid Rock is in on it? What if, like, the FBI has, like, tapped Kid Rock to be like, okay, we need you to gather all the white supremacists. And I need you to come up with the biggest dog whistle yes. that you can. Yes, and just bring Ooh, them all he's together. He's undercover fed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That would be radical. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Uh, it's like no. Borat, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening, but um, I don't know. And then, it. It's sad. And then lastly, we can segue to the big it goes down in the DM. The meat and potatoes of why, the, the, the picadillo of why we're here. <laughs> the big of it all. Did this go down in the DM? Yeah, because your husband put this in my DM. Uh, said, okay. talk about Eva. We're talking about Eva. Listen, Caitlin, it's going to get real Mexican, so hang on. We've been aguanta, Caitlin. Aguanta, aguanta. Aguanta. We've been talking about talking about Eva for a few weeks now, so it's finally happening. Get Let's your go. notes out. This segment is called All About Eva. Okay, we got to start with the fact that Eva Longoria, mm -hmm. as I will only refer to her on this podcast. That's her name. Why wouldn't... Oh, you mean just full name all the time. Eva Longoria, not oh, Eva. Oh, not Eva? Not okay. Eva Longoria. Oh, so she's Eva. She's Eva Longoria. Got okay. it. All right. Uh, heard, heard. Is moving back to San Antonio. Yes. Oh, she did say... She's like coming back. Mm -hmm. And by moving back to San Antonio, I'm sure she means getting a house outside of Bernie. 
Definitely. <laughs> yeah, she's not living within the city in, inside no, of 410. She, she's definitely not an inner loop kind of girl. Nope. I don't, I don't nope. see that happening anytime soon. At all. Um, but she did come out. We, we briefly talked about this a few weeks ago on the pod, uh, with the show on, um, CNN. It's on HBO Max. It is on Max. It's through CNN. It's a CNN. Through CNN. It's called Searching for Mexico. Yes. Mm -hmm. Eva Longoria searching for Mexico. Uh, Caitlin, this is news to you, apparently. I didn't know about this. It's kind of interesting. Well, because Stanley this, Tucci, the yes. Tucci god, who we, we, we ride this for. This is riding on the coattails of Stanley Tucci. I think it was called Discovering Italy. Discovering Italy, yes. Of and he course. and yeah. it was out there just just enjoying the cuisines. It was very riveting. And then Stanley Tucci has like huge food knowledge, very just knowledgeable about Italian history, and then was also in, in kind of immersing himself in the towns and, and, uh -huh. and cities and on this in. pod who has seen Stanley Tucci's shit I, I saw one episode you saw one episode you were there you were there okay so this is my thing because we're going to start with uh, Searching for Mexico and then we will talk about Flaming Hot yeah for Searching for Mexico part of me really liked it you know there, mm -hmm. there were moments where I was like this is super interesting mm -hmm. and I love who we're highlighting mm -hmm. uh, we highlighted like the trans women mm -hmm. of, of Oaxaca I think it was Oaxaca yeah it was Oaxaca yeah um, there was so there was so much richness to it that, Veracruz that, and, and the Afro Latinos and yeah. Veracruz mm -hmm. yes I, I was really here for like what it was doing to highlight the different cultures and faces of Mexico because mm -hmm. Mexico is not a monolith right but it really felt to me Performative? Like it was not necessarily performative, but it was produced through a gringo lens mm. for a gringo audience. Mm, mm, it, mm. it was produced, it was Mexico for white people, mm. produced by a, and I hate to say this, a white Mexican. Mm. Uh, a white mm. Mexican. I mean, no, she, no, she, said, she says it we in the intro shirts. where she is, you what know. What did she say in the intro? Lay it on. Because that was the shit from the first from, episode. From the, from the jump, it was like, I am a Texan with Mexican, Mexican roots, therefore making me a Texican. Not a Tejana. Yeah. Not a Tejana, a Texican. Texican. That's an old term, by the way. And it was like, like uh, not even Chicana, no. not yeah. Fronterista, mm -hmm. no, a Texican. And it's like, yes. She's originally from Corpus or the Valley. I don't she, know. She's somewhere out there. I, I just know that Texican is a vocabulary word we teach for seventh grade Texas history. I haven't heard that term it's, ever. Uh, and it's those... Texans, Mexican Texans that sign up with the uh, yeah. the rebels, the fuck yeah. against the Mexican government. That is an old ass term. It's an old ass term, and it feels very white, yeah. mm -hmm. very white. And so that's why, like, it felt like the whole time I was watching it through uh, a gringo lens. And I brought this up to you. I forgot who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody else that like watched it and was like, I fucking loved it. And I was mm. like, Yeah, but it's real white and. In episode one, uh -huh. she's in Mexico City, and she's standing on the balcony of something, and she's like, it's just amazing to me how many churches there are. One, two, three, four, that. five, six, seven churches. Yeah. That's Spanish colonialism. And then just And, and then just moves yeah, on. Yeah. Like, like, like it was nothing. It was like, no, bitch. That's Spanish colonialism. Like, can we talk about that for a yeah. moment? Mm. And you just like smiled and like it was a joke. Like Spanish colonialism. I <laughs> love the yeah. I love the basilicas. That's like a trend now of just like making like 
jokes like that and then never having a dialogue about it. That's Spanish colonialism. And so, like, it was cringeworthy to me. And my husband didn't catch that, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think it's, again, it goes back to the fact that, like, for all its best intentions, I think this show very much was a white maid. Because, I'm sorry, Eva. You go by Eva. You're not Eva. So, like, it's it's a white mage show for a white audience about Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious as to whether Stanley Chucci's show, because this mm-hmm. is definitely writing off that coattails. Mm-hmm. And it was like CNN saw something. It did good. So now let's do it for another culture with another, like, superstar. Um, whether that also felt like... Oh, this is mm. an American-made show for American audiences mm. about Italian cuisine. Not at all. The Stanley Tucci show, one, was produced by Stanley Tucci. And, well, so, and the Mexican... Uh, so was this. Mexico, Tucci and... Uh, and Eva Longoria. Yeah, yeah she's are producing Eva Longoria. Sorry. Eva. No, Eva. no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's Eva. Um, <laughs> it did not feel like this at all. Okay. The Tucci one, because Tucci, again, I think there's a... You say sort of there's a gringofication of it. Of, of this Exploring Mexico show, there in the Tucci show, there's this immersion because he doesn't claim like, I'm the most Italian motherfucker of all time. He's like, I got roots here, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. But he's like, and he's versed, he's studied, he's kind of explored. He lives out there plenty of times and he he travels there almost like an Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. And, you know, that that sort of, there's, there's, there's something that's different from, and living in San Antonio, you see this all the time, where white people come to visit and be tourists and they touch and they just sort of explore like, like children in a mm-hmm. way where it's like 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 everything that's happening around them is for their entertainment. Mm. And Tucci's not like that. Like Anthony Bourdain I think was a great example yeah. of how you travel anywhere yeah. in the United States in yeah. the world. Like you're lucky to be anywhere yeah. that you're at. And we talked about this on the pod where it's like Anthony Bourdain was always the other yeah. in in every episode that he did. Yeah. He, and he was very upfront about it. It was like I know nothing about this. Please teach me. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Eva felt very much like, oh, this is an extension of me. And now... Well, I always felt like she was floating above the whatever she was reporting uh, on. Because I'm like, bitch, how you eating mole with a white dress on? Mm, shit, I didn't miss that, but... <laughs> Dude. Like, how are you getting in here with these saucy-ass tacos with, like, your bright-colored, like... like you got, And in one of the episodes, she's like... I, I, got spilled a, I, I spilled something. I got a stain. I'm like, yes, bitch. Yeah. We, That's yeah. why we don't dress like that when we eat Mexican food because mm-hmm. we know it's going to be messy. Or you like, you got to lean over the plate, man. Yeah. What are you doing? There's yeah. an art to eating that. The street, yeah. JR, your thoughts on the show. Okay. I think I'm going to surprise you guys a little bit. It's all good. I'm not all mad at that show. I'm not all mad and at here's a, and here's Just like, to be clear. Here's my through line, though, because... When you mm-hmm. told me that if I wanted to come on the pod, um, I had to scramble. Like, I, mm-hmm. I know we're going to talk about Flaming Hot, but like, I, oh, shit, he, I think we're going to talk about this searching for Mexico, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had to cherry pick some sh- some episodes. Sure. I did the Mexico City one. Yeah. yeah. I did the Veracruz one. Yeah. Because my mother, all my tios and tias and my grandparents, they're all from Veracruz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I figured, like, you know what? That might be interesting to me. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. And... For me, I went into that episode 
almost kind of looking for my people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I found pe- bits and pieces of it. You know, mm-hmm. like when they, when they talk about the coffee, how you order coffee, mm-hmm. like with, with the, the tapping on, yeah, the, yeah. on the thing. Like I remember a story. My mom told me that my grandpa tried to do that with my grandma in the house, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to tap the <laughs> mug at her, and she shut that shit down pretty quick. <laughs> like I'm not your waitress. What the fuck? Yeah. With you? Yeah. And I I think that what I I did appreciate, I mean, it's almost childlike, but I did appreciate the curiosity. Yeah. Because the, the thing is, I feel that if, and I talked to Pinto, like, would you ever go to Veracruz with me to kind of explore this side of me? And she said, yes. And but and, and I'm thinking, like, if I were to go down there, mm-hmm. I would be a fucking tourist. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not from there. Yeah. I did not grow up. All my family's yeah. from there. They grew up there, but I did not grow up so there. So this is where, like, I'm going to go back and backtrack on what I said. Because, like, I said what I said, and I said it with, like, heavy conviction. But at the same time, I will also say with heavy <laughs> conviction, this also felt like a show made for children of the diaspora. Right. You yeah. know, of those of us that maybe came from Mexico or our families came from Mexico, but we grew up here in the United States and we're like... You know, I was feeling the same thing watching the Jalisco episode right. because my yeah. family's from Jalisco. And it's like, I, I've been to that Catedral, right? I've been yeah. to these places. I know these streets because I've, like, visited. But, like, every time that I visited, I feel like a tourist because it's like, well, I didn't grow up yeah. here. I don't actually know what, what the culture is here. And, but, and, well, here's my question to both of y'all because, so, like, the way my family breaks down, like, it's not as, like, specific where I can't, like, there's, I have some family from Jalisco, I have some from, like, Monterrey, and, like, other places, right. and, and so on and so forth. The Monterrey episode was really interesting, too. It was. <laughs> um, but my question is, is, is that, like, as adults, though, now, like, because when you went back, it was also, like, a family trip mm-hmm. and things like that, mm-hmm. whereas if you were to truly immerse yourself, is it touristy or is it still, like, a... Uh, and and this is where maybe it lends some validity to to Eva's show. It's like, am I searching for Mexico, right? Uh, am right. I going back, like trying to find something where it's like, well, this is where I come from, but I don't actually know it. So I'm like trying to explore it. Right. And like that curiosity that you were talking about, JR, of like, well, is this, I don't know what this is. What is the authentic thing? Like, right. what is happening here? Like, how do you do it here? Because like, all I know is Texas. Caitlin, where are your people from? <laughs> Um, I am white, um, but I grew up in Laredo, so I feel like I have like some spice in just my life, but like don't claim it to get advances in any place. Sure. But um, my heritage is, I think, Scottish, German, maybe a little, I think I saw like Bolivian. Hmm. So like if there's any like Hispanic, it's Bolivian. Do you ever feel like reconnecting with like your Scottish roots? Just curious. <laughs> or like German. Uh, I'm in Scotland. Um, and that was, it was kind of cool. Like some baristas and like waiters were like, yeah, like your name is very like Scottish. Mm. But like, see, and not really. I feel like I don't, I don't like, I have the privilege where I don't need to do that. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Already like in a, in a country where unfortunately I'm, I get away with a lot of things and I'm accepted like automatically. I mean, I'm plus size. So, like maybe that's like a thing that I struggle with, obviously, mm-hmm. especially in the industry, but I'm, I'm pretty lucky to just. Plus also there's a lot in, in Texas of these like German kind of like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Immigration. Yeah. German immigrants that like settled in Texas and like grew all of that central Texas area and and whatnot. And so like that, that influence is also there. But like, I understand the, the, the need to kind of, it's interesting because like to your point, Rooster, like 
your family has been Texan for a very, very long time, Mostly, right? Yeah. Like you're 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 the epitome of like the border crossed us. Yeah. Right. You know, we were here yeah. and then uh, suddenly we were now American yeah. when we were Mexican. Versus I think JR and I were like we were Mexican and then we crossed the border. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that yeah, and that's something that stuck with us and, and something that I get almost sad about because other than that, knowing that my dad's family is from Zacatecas and my mom's from Veracruz, that's it. Mm -hmm. And I do carry that kind of feeling that, like, I don't know a lot from just like ethnicity, uh, ancestry and come to and then I'm watching the show and I'm looking at the regions that she's going to and learning about the Totocan people. Mm -hmm. Like, and then that, that brings up the question, like, is there some Totocan in me? Because if there is, that is loaded if you know anything about the Spanish conquest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, but again, it's... Oh, um, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's that curiosity that kind of makes you want to look into it more. It makes you want to know yourself a little more. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm torn about it, because yeah. it really it does do a good job of like inquiring. Mm -hmm. But I think it also very much lacked. It lacked a Mexican producer mm. is what it lacked. Right. You know, like mm. it had it had Stanley Tucci and Eva Longoria as the producers of the show. Both of them are, you know, like very American. Right. And it lacked it lacked a touch of having like somebody that, of the culture to be able to filter things like that's Spanish colonialism. Ding. Mm -hmm. You know, like these moments where I was mm -hmm. like, ooh, that didn't feel right. There was a part that was so cringy when she was in um uh she went to tequila to go look at the agave mm -hmm. farmers and she meets the one farmer who's out there uh, with his special, you know, spade to cut him up. Yep. And her question is, is like, why doesn't he wear gloves? And he kind of is like, well, because it would slow me down. And then she, she like touches his hands like, oh, my God. Like, how can you like be out here with these like hardworking mm. hands? And I'm like, how are you like? <laughs> because oh, she's, she's yeah. a Hollywood actress. Right. Yeah. You know? there, there, there was a remarkable. There's we so many that, cringy moments. Yeah. There, there was a remark from Pinto in that show. It was like, do you think she swallowed a single bite of anything she ate while she oh, was on there because yeah. there's that because she is a Hollywood yeah. actress yeah. she is she has to maintain a certain so, image yeah it was right? so interesting to me when she got to I think it was the Oaxaca episode and she had mole and like she was saying like I've never had a mole that I like it's like but you literally ate mole in the last three episodes right. and mm -hmm. you said you liked them so did you not like them right. are you just lying to us it was so you know like I'm on the fence about it. I think it does some good. I think it it also highlights some very big blind spots right. of the show. The one that I'm not on the fence about is Flaming Hot. Well, <laughs> and I think this kind of segues really well because I think both of them have to do with something that I think is important. And it's this thing about Mexican slash Latin American visibility. And especially now with like what Greg Abbott's doing, what's happening in Florida. And in a recent study I just saw where like nationwide Latino and, and Mexican American history just doesn't get taught. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we're just basically erased out of the majority of the history, despite if you know the history, our major contributions to the, everything. Um, it's this thing of like where if Eva's discovering Mexico or a movie like Flaming Hot exists, <laughs> is this in, like because I've been getting a lot of blowback from like people, the gente who are like, 
why are you criticizing this? Right. But at the same time, I feel like... Why am I criticizing it? Because it's a bad movie. Let's talk about first it. First of all. I mean, okay. The, the first thing I wrote about that uh -huh. on my little red notebook here is that it was a very good Pepsi Coke commercial. That's a great point. <laughs> Let's just start there. It was fantastic. Uh -huh. I'm sure I'm sure PepsiCo had a lot to say about that movie before as it went into production and the editing process yeah, and all of that. Uh, yeah. like, uh, what what did Mr. Enrico say he never said that? He never said um, that. but I but I think that's a I, I think that the better question is because I talked to people this weekend that said they really liked it. Mm. But why do we think they liked it? I have a theory. <laughs> oh, okay, fuck it. Give me another shot, goddamn it. Go, go, pour go. some, pour pour some out, pour some out. Yeah, yeah. Take another shot with this, Caitlin, because it's going down. I will. This will be my fourth. Yeah. Caitlin, I'm actually Caitlin. going, I don't know if you guys have Letterbox, but I'm going to Letterbox and I'm going to look at reviews. Okay, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Caitlin hasn't watched the movie yet. Um, so no, but to, I've seen I've seen promos for it, so I, I know like the synopsis at least. And and to put it are. into context for anybody that hasn't watched the movie yet, uh, Flaming, Flaming Hot, Hot is a Hulu produced movie. Biopic in um, air quotes, yep. but yeah, based on the story of how Flaming Hot Cheetos came to be because of a Mexican janitor at the Frito Lay's Richard Montañez. Yes. So, and uh, and also this past week was aired uh, on the South Lawn of the White, uh, House, of the White House with Joe and Joe Biden, which uh, apparently was the first time that a Latino focused movie was ever aired at the White House. Full of mariachis and everything. So Boy, this is this which is, I think you should we, we should point out that the story of his inventing the flavor is very disputed. Oh, no, it's proven wrong. Right. Like it's all this is false. Okay. Right. Which is a big my number one issue with this film in general. But to your last question, right. the peep the, the, the gente who like this film, I think it does speak to something to Mexican Americans that we have to get to a point that we have to be critical of. And it's something that I read in the recent um there was the uh art uh, art slash film slash Taco critic uh, Gustavo Ariano, uh, who wrote a really compelling column in the L.A. Times about the film. Mm -hmm. right, yeah. And there was a lot of blowback against him as well. And, and the blowback is like, you know, we need to be proud. And they need to support this. We need to stop like holding each other back if, if something exists. And to me, it's this thing that we struggle with, specifically as Mexican-Americans. It's this sort of inferiority complex. Right. Where it's like we got two seconds of anything we need to be happy about that no matter if it's bad no matter if it sets us back no matter if it's stereotypical no matter if it's bad for the community no matter if it's a fucking lie which the film is like just we have to embrace it and we that's what the fuck we do and it and i to me i'm gonna say this about the film it was th this giant like mix of every Mexican stereotype from lowriders and car clubs to Chicano gangbangers and drug dealers to like the janitor working the floor to the rags to riches million to one story all put into one fucking movie and it was ass. It was a two, three, four, five pack of ass. <laughs> See, the, the way I put it was that we, as a community, we want to be successful on this American narrative on on mm -hmm. its terms, on the terms of the classic pull yourself up by your bootstraps, believe in yourself, call the CEO of your company and it'll all work out. Uh -huh. 
And my biggest like issue with the movie, not, maybe not my biggest, but one of the big issues of the movie that I had was that like, what the fuck is this style of movie? Me, what in the 1994 Father of the Bride yeah. style of movie making? Like with this like voiceover narration. Like again, like this this is a movie style that's 30 years old, mm. and there's a reason that we moved away from this like narrator first person. You get to hear my thoughts, and there I was sitting there thinking about, and you're like, it was just a, it was just a badly made movie it was a badly made movie never you know like beyond the stereotypes beyond all these tropes beyond all, all of that it just wasn't a good movie right no yeah it doesn't right. deserve to be celebrated as a good movie because it wasn't it just wasn't i really also think that for people who like this movie like i could see my mom loving this movie and i know yeah. exactly why my mother would love this movie because <laughs> At the end of the day, the thing that saves the day is Jesus. There was so much Jesus oh my gosh. saving his father from alcoholism, uh, his wife from whatever the shit she was yeah. into in the streets. So to him, so and yesterday, this, I don't know how this is gonna come off, but I had a thought during this movie, like this is as if. Tyler Perry had been commissioned to Dude, make a Latino no, movie. Straight up. <laughs> That's what Dominique said. Dominique yeah. was like, hey, she's this is exactly word for word. She's like, hey, congratulations. Y'all Mexicans now got a Tyler Perry movie. Shit. We got a Tyler Perry movie. Yeah. That's straight exactly up. what the, that, that was. That little prayer scene at the post office. I've been to the post office this week because my mailbox is broken. <laughs> I, I, shit, it, it takes an hour to pick up my mail. If somebody starts praying, as I'm, I'm trying fighting. to pick up my mail. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Get the fuck out of here. No, and like, I went to go visit my parents this past weekend because of Father's Day. And so, like, last night we were doom scrolling through yeah. HBO, Netflix, uh -huh. Hulu, Paramount, just trying to find something to watch. And I was like, well, what about the Flaming Hot? I am not yeah. sitting through that a second time. <laughs> uh -huh. And I knew my parents would probably would have enjoyed it. But I was like, no, I can't sit through this a second time. Caitlin, you've pulled up the reviews. Um, I love letterbox reviews because they, um, tend to go on the comedic sign. Um, a lot, a lot of like, they, they kind of rank it like one to five stars. A lot of like, a lot of like three and under, <laughs> um, one of these from... Seth's review says a painted rags to riches story that sells a false dream of the economic system, regardless of its inspiring story in quotes. It is unfortunately not much more than an ego boosting advertisement. There we but, go. Fuck yeah, Seth. Pepsi Co. We ride for yeah. you, Seth. <laughs> also, it had a horrible trope and I want to completely illustrate this because if you listen, we need more Latina directors, period. 100%. So right. we do support that. Eva, but, uh, for everything that we've said so far, like, we're, I, I think we're all still fans and keep, we still support you. On, keep working on the food show. You're, the food show, yeah. Keep working on the Discover food show. Discover more of Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Now, this ain't it. Now, here is, does this tie into just how little Latino stories there are? Because like we like like Does okay it? like well, here's, a, no, here's no. the thing here's the thing Get because your shit off. here in San Antonio mm -hmm. we had a little bit of a moment of madness because we found out that Pedro Pascal came, was in San Antonio for like two years yeah mm -hmm. and I feel like we just and so, all of San Antonio claimed him even yeah though he like, oh, yeah. he's San Antonio and like what kind of taco do you like they asked him yeah mm -hmm. um, Austin or San Antonio and I think I don't I feel like again we're just so starved mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. good stories that whatever comes on 
that's our shit right there. Yeah. Right. Dude, this is why, like, literally in my own life, I've started to just watch more Mexican mm-hmm. dramas, Netflix shows, anything I can get. Because, uh, to your point, like, I'm just starved for, like, stories that right. aren't the stereotypical shit. I mm. can't watch Stand and Delivered for a hundred times. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I show that movie to my... Middle school, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah I show out. that now, and, and like you mentioned the Arellano article because yeah. there's a line I wrote this down because I had this thought while I was watching this movie. He said that teachers will no doubt screen this movie to their students, yeah. And I had that thought like I could show this to my students halfway through it, be right before the prayer scene. Um, <laughs> but again, again, it goes back to the same thing like that we don't have those stories, and when we do get those stories, like, and I'm thinking of. One day at a time. I'm thinking of Hentified. Did you guys watch mm-hmm. Hentified? Um, I actually got canceled two seasons in. Yeah. Mm. Primos is now out. Shout out to Shea Serrano. Yeah. Los Spookies. Los, I actually fuck with Los Spookies. Los Spookies is so good. <laughs> but then, like, even, I feel like even this Flamin' Hot movie, from as much as we're ragging on it, how much marketing did you guys see for it? So much. <sighs> did it need that much marketing? No, I saw it, like, fucking everywhere. Fucking well, I feel actually, like, time out because this is what I actually I think, and this is also something that kind of bothered me about the film is there's a lot of supporting actors who are TikTok famous. There was a, like oh, a lot yeah. of the, the, the kid, a, a lot the of the kid, kid yes. the Chicano gangbangers, and shout out to them. I'm not trying to talk smoke, familiar. Hey, love you, <laughs> Scar. I look, know who the fuck you are. Look, but, but and, and I think that's but, something to like you know to to. Um, uh, command about mm. this was they, it, it she was, put yeah, yeah, she was real putting people. real people in real real not real roles real pe- she was putting in, real yeah, people in these roles and, into and, the film and meanwhile shows and movies that have a little more heart to them that we could like a little more that we should give more flowers to a little more get sandbagged mm-hmm. right and that's why they die because people don't know they're out yeah I think there's it's it's one of those things where like when we stop acknowledging the monolith that America thinks, you know, the Latino culture is, then it gets so niche that it gets lost. Right. Right. And that's why, like, this movie is where it is, because it's like, well, let's just lean on the niche. Right. Let's just lean. Let's lean on the stereotypes that everybody knows so that everybody feels comfortable. And then at the end of the day, everybody's happy because like, oh, look at this person. He was a gangbanger. And now, like, he's like, you know, no, 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 and everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Where it's like there are other I hate to bring this one into context because it's it's not that good. Caitlin, love Victor. Oh, I've only seen the Simon Love Simon. Okay. I haven't seen the show. Okay, uh, I fig- I lean to you because I'm one hundred percent sure that y'all too have Blank not seen stairs. this. <laughs> love who? Love Victor. <laughs> love uh, Love Actually. Yeah. Have you seen Love, love Simon? Yeah. Never heard of it. Okay, I've heard of it. So Love Victor is is a, a Netflix show uh, okay. about a, a queer boy discovering mm-hmm. that he is gay, okay. uh, and it's it's in a Latino family, right? Oh. And they do like this is Love Victor, Love Victor, okay. not Love Simon. It's on Hulu, actually. Hulu, just kidding, not Netflix. That's the tequila. And shout that. out to Familia Camarena. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it does like 
touch on certain things where like the mom has a really hard time coming right. to terms with the fact that it, her son is gay and like goes to church and tries to atone for it or whatnot. But like it is it's a queer story, but it's also a, you know, uh, a Latin American story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also an American story. And I think that's one of the things that I wish we could see more of in this country of touching on like these are american stories well, like, right. Real we don't have, to... have curves was an amazing movie mm-hmm. there you go yeah like yeah. There, like there's some that exist yeah ugly betty <laughs> yeah i mean not for nothing yeah that was a great show because it leaned on the fact that like you know latinos of whatever you know latin american descent they come from in this country are Americans and yeah. and deserve to be treated as an American story versus trying to like pigeonhole this into like every Mexican American trope that you could possibly like go into. It's like no, like we can just we can just tell the stories about these people and they can be Latino stories and we can celebrate them as like Latinx heroes while also just telling the story without having to like lean into stereotypes. I got one last thing about this. Let's go. And, and then if y'all got more to talk about, let's go. But um, going back to Gustavo's article and then also like someone like a Shea Sharano, who I really like admire. Yeah. Um, there's just not enough Mexican-American cultural critics, yeah. which is, I think, a big part of the conversation that's missing. And so Gustavo, from what I, there's apparently controversy surrounding him, and I don't know enough about it to speak on it, but I was educated a little bit on it, where it's uh, for a number of things. But some of it was like that whole like fighting back or that blowback from from gente saying like, why are you doing this? Why are you speaking out against these things? And it's like, I think being critical is still seen as like shameful and it doesn't have to be. It's like, no, no one is saying yeah. that Eva did not need to make this movie. It's like, it's great that you did, but we need to not put all our fucking hopes and dreams on this. All our eggs in one basket. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda ends up in this conversation too. Yes. Because yeah. that, that, that in the Heights movie, I loved it when I went to see in the in the theaters. I thought it was but, shit. And, and it, but it had its. <laughs> Thank you, Caitlin. Caitlin's it had its criticisms. Oh, okay. It did not. I'm not from Washington Heights. It had its criticism sure. that it did not represent Washington Heights as it is. But he's the only one that's getting cash to make exactly. movies. Mm-hmm. Evil nope. Longoria is the only one that's getting cash to make or movies. Or John Leguizamo, he's doing a lot. And sometimes for the wrong and reasons. And that's mm. problematic because she has no, a and that's what I was history too. <laughs> Talk about we it. We have a play. Do Why we, is that not, you know, like... I the, have a horror movie I wrote. There are plenty of Mexican-American scripts yeah. out there that just aren't being produced right. because we're not, you know, like... They're not clocking circling for Circling all the way back to the Tonys. We're not in New York right. on Broadway in front of the right people. It's sort right. of... A, well, like on that note, it sort of reminds me when... Um, you guys remember Shang-Chi, the like Marvel movie mm-hmm. with um, Simu Limu? Yeah. Like that was projected to just not do well. They thought like, right. oh, like we're just, it's a filler episode. Like it's right after Endgame. It's not going to do well. And it's like one of the latest successful like Marvel mm-hmm. films. And it just goes to show like if you put in the actual work, if you put, if you don't you like. do it right. Yeah, and you do it right, and you don't just like make your characters one dimensional because you can't like you don't want to pay for another like writer in the writer's room. Like, 
you'll still make profit on it. Like not everything has to be about like money. Well, well that's the everything everywhere all at once of it all. Talk you that know, to where, like, If you actually create three dimensional characters and give them the breath and, and to, to uh, on a final note on this, as, as we wrap up, um, fire, whoever the wig master or wig mistress was oh. on this on this movie you know because i'm, I'm willing to okay right. fire them hard fire them quick i'm so sorry i don't know who you are but those wigs were atrocious they were bad they were so bad they weren't even even cookie agrees yeah, cookie for those like, of you listening on the wigs. pod that hear the barking in the background that is cookie being like fuck those okay. wigs Thank so one of the hairstylists did Bless Me Ultima, which I didn't even know they turned into a movie. Wow, I didn't know that either. Wow. But I can't even get through that see, book, to be I, honest. I get, that's, a, that's a thing, like, I love Bless Me Ultima. The book? But yeah. it seems like it died on the table, this movie. Oh, like nobody, so you saw it? I didn't see it. I didn't know there was a movie. I love wow. the, the book. I don't know there was a movie. Why didn't I know? Because, I mean, it's not my job to market the fucker. No. I think they need to make a movie about the Meat La Cafe. I talk about this from time to time. Mm. Because Glenn Bell, who made Taco <laughs> Bell in San Bernardino, was losing money selling hamburgers and hot dogs because it was in the same goddamn city that McDonald's was just killing it. And across the street, he saw the Mexicans making tacos and making money. And they taught him how to do what the fuck they was doing. And then next thing you know, we got $5, nine-layer chimichanga chingasso bullshit. <laughs> Eva, here's your next movie. Yeah. Meet La Cafe. <laughs> Meet La Cafe. And they're still Go. here. The Meet La Cafe still here, San Bernardino. That's right. Salute to you. That's right. Okay. Let's... I think let's get out of here. We're getting yeah. cut off. <laughs> we're getting cut off. Yeah, we're getting cut off. People's <laughs> girlfriends are showing up. People's wives are showing Dogs up. Dogs are losing their minds. Yeah, they're like, Orca right, whales. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Wrap this up, people. So, uh, anything you'd like to uh, share? Anything you're excited about, Chibi? Uh, no, I have to look at my calendar. I don't. I don't have anything okay, okay. Um, coming up in in the immediate future. Okay, Kaden. Anything you're excited about coming up? Any shows? Any nothing? <gasps> um, what? Oh, I, I, when you said shows, I am excited. The new season of Black Mirror just dropped. Oh, oh, oh and wait, we, yeah. we're going to talk about this on the pod next week. Uh, okay. th this week was too convoluted, but like last week, Apple pretty much just dropped the preamble to a Black Mirror episode and nobody is talking about it. Okay, Apple Vision Pro. Okay, we'll talk about it. Exactly. No, have you seen the memes though? They're really funny. No, oh, I haven't seen the what, memes. I've seen the memes. Things that the, the fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen right. the memes, but I didn't know what it was. So it's like Apple VR, right. and yeah. they're like the AR. starting price is like a whatever. AR. But, um, it's not virtual reality. Apple it's augmented reality. Oh, okay. it's I augmented it was reality. No, no, no. It's augmented I know, yeah. reality. Yeah, do that, you gotta think Pokemon Go. Got yes. It. Yeah. Yes. But they're like, I think the memes are, well, one, it's like, it's yeah. like 3400 Yes. Yeah. There was one, it was like, I spent $3,500 just so I could, and then it's like the Goofy movie when like <laughs> the Powerline show happens, right. so I could can just get to be, get the full immersive experience of that <laughs> shit. Yeah, the memes are great. Yeah. Mm. My favorite is a Drag Race reference. Mm. It's like All Stars 1 Untalked with Mimi, I'm first. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's just like what I would give to pay this much money to watch this in augmented reality. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it next week because it, it definitely, one, I'm excited for Black Mirror's new season. Two, it definitely felt like I'm in an episode of Black Mirror They're watching doing this. doing a, a sort of viral campaign right now too, right? It's, I don't know. I, don't I, know where I just saw going. something on Instagram where I think the lead actress just kind of stopped traffic with some flares. Ooh. I'll send it to you. Send so, it, yeah. S- send it, Jerry. Because I also, uh, I also want it. Yeah. I one hundred percent want it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the first version. I'll wait till like years two or three. But yeah, anything you're excited about, Jr. Uh, I'm on summer vacation. Chilling looks cool. Yeah, well, chilling, and I got tickets to Hamilton next week. Hey, hey. Yeah. I've been sitting on those tickets for like a year and a half. Wow, I need to enter the lottery. I forgot. No, um, we bought those for the season, the Broadway season. Oh, good. But then when we bought them for the Hamilton show, and then we saw My Fair Lady, we saw Willy Wonka, we saw The Lion King. But then when the Hamilton show was coming up, they all the cast got COVID. Uh, so they moved it to say, yes this to, was the reschedule yeah. yes yes, yeah, yes so yes. We're, we're, I'm excited to do that this weekend damn and I'm, I'm sitting, I forgot the lottery I'm doing this now you know Pinto really got me She there was a summer where she got me into Six in the City yeah so I know that there's a new season of that revival coming up so I'm, kinda, right. I'm looking forward to that a little bit yeah Caitlin yeah. has thoughts <laughs> oh I was just gonna say what I'm not look Sash you should not watch this <laughs> um, the new Sam Levinson slash The Weekend Show, The Idol. Oh, that's been coming up on Max Hard. Yeah, heard, marketing. heard hard, hard you thumbs know, down. You should, you should look into like the lore of it. It's really, it's really disgusting. Is that Lily Rose Depp of the Johnny Depps? Okay. Yeah, yeah, hard thumbs down. Rooster, mm. anything? Uh, I'm too. Am off for summer vacation. There's just some movies coming out that I'm really hyped for. Mm. Uh, the new Barbie the Flash movie just came out. I and I heard bad things about really? it. Really? So I, bad. And I spoiled it for myself on purpose. And I mm, don't what? spoil it. No, I, no, no, no. I, I want to go I, watch I it. I heard that that movie and that Pixar joint, the Elemental ones, bombed. but they're struggling though on the box office. Bombs. Wow. So yeah, I'm gonna go watch that movie just to flame it harder than Flaming Hot Cheetos. <laughs> Yeah, I work at a dine-in movie. Th- I work at Alamo Draft House. Shout yes. out to the Draft House. If you know, if you have any power whatsoever, Kaylin, I'm pointing at the camera just so that you just can't get it. <laughs> Br- tell them bring back Alamo Draft House West Lakes. Yeah. I'm so mad that it's gone. Ingram. That was the best Alamo Draft House in Texas. Period. If I have any power, I will. I appreciate you. It was the best. This Austin-based company from New York. You whatever you can do. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate anything you do. We do make the most money for the franchise, like my location. Mm-hmm. So it is New York. So yeah. All right. Well, other than that, we're uh, we thank y'all both for being on the pod this long. Sure. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Jr. Uh, where can people find you, Caitlin, if they want to look you up? Um, at Caitlin Music, but it's K eight the number L Y N K A H N, or my website at CaitlinCon.com. That's right. Yeah. That's right. JR, uh, I'm on mostly on Instagram. My Twitter's the same handle. Mister Tostada. M E E S T E R T O S T A D A. Once I figure out, it's pri- it's all private. So once I figure out you're not a 13 year old or one of my students, I'll, I'll let you in. There That's you right. go, Rooster. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm here, man. You know where I'm at. I'll be here next week. We'll talk some more. Who gives a shit? Jimmy, where can they find you? Roost MTZ. Yeah. R O O S T M T Z. And then if you want to find me, it's Gemini's G E M I N E Y E S. Until next time, y'all, stay safe out there. We will be here. Bye. Ribs. Ribs. Late.